episode 213 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. The Ground School app contains knowledge and skill videos. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. This is a long-awaited podcast. Christina, my wife, comes on the podcast and we kind of talk about anything and everything. It wasn't ask me anything without any questions from you guys. We just sat down. Uh, Emma was taking a nap and we were able to just hang out and talk and answer some questions that we thought you would like. If you like this kind of episode, we'll do this again. I think it was a lot of fun to hear her perspective and and hear what she had to say about my career and what it's like being a couple in aviation and being married to a pilot. Aviation, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do, check out Pilot's Coffee, the best coffee in the game, whole beans, ground coffee, and travel coffee. Uh, Right now, the travel steep pack is sold out. Uh, it's crazy. It's sold out. Uh, they'll be coming back soon. If you're interested in those, uh, let me know because I got to make another order and uh, I want to make sure you can get your coffee, but the best coffee in the game. Check it out. Follow us on Pilot the Pilot and you can also follow Christina on Call Christina because she needs to post more. She always says she wants to post, but she hasn't posted forever. So go make her post. Avenation, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Without any further ado, here is me and my wife. You wanted to talk about life being married to a pilot. Yeah. So what's it like? (laughs) What is it like being married to a pilot? I guess the one thing I'll ask is, is it everything you thought it'd be? I know everyone kind of talks about how it is a difficult, it can be really difficult. Uh, Pilots are gone. Schedules, especially my schedules have never really been predictable until the one I just switched to three weeks ago. So for the past, what, how how long have I been? Five years I've had an aviation job. Uh, it's been crazy. And surprisingly, this has been probably the easiest and best schedule based on what we started out with and what we just came from. So just talk about like expectations versus reality. Okay. Um, well, your first question I think was, is it what I expected? And I think my expectations were set based on my friend Crystal when I was in elementary school. Her dad was a pilot. Um, I can't remember the airline. You might remember. United. United. I remember. And I always thought that that was so cool that her dad was an airline pilot and just kind of getting to know their family and seeing what the lifestyle was like and when he was gone. Um, But I also feel like as an elementary student, I got to see the perks because her dad was like the only one that was ever with us on field trips. It was a bunch of class moms. And then (laughs) Crystal's dad was the only dad that ever got to go because of the random times in the middle of the day. So I just thought that was really cool. Um, Other than that, there was another family at my high school that was in aviation, but it was a little bit of a different setup in terms of airline life and schedule. So I feel like I've grown up around the airline and aviation industry, seeing it secondhand from different people. But I think the hardest part was your very first job. We were living in Charlotte and I was teaching full time 
teaching third grade and then you were, it was your first flying job and we were so excited because you had just finished training um, and you'd been working part-time at the Apple store in the meantime. So we were just thrilled that you had a job in general. It didn't really matter what it was. And at that time we didn't know, we knew you'd be gone for like a couple weeks at a time, but I think at one point you were gone for like six straight weeks. And I think, I think the hardest part was not knowing like the end date. It was just like this vague amount of time that you would likely be gone for. Um, but yeah, that was hard. And it's, I feel like the hardest part is not being able to plan anything in advance. Yeah. I remember when we first found out that we got that job, how excited we were. I think we were equally excited getting that first job as we were getting the job I have now with the company I work on now, just because it was finally, I, I'm moving on in my career. I'm saying goodbye to the Apple store and we're actually kind of doing this. And I remember when I was working at the Apple store, we even kind of knew it was like, I'm, I'm never going to be home more than I am right now. I remember talking about that and just like really trying to enjoy that. But it was hard because I didn't want to be in the Apple store anymore. It's like, I wanted to fly planes. I wanted to finally make money, but like, yeah, I, I do miss those days where yeah. I goes home every night. The irony is you didn't make very much money. <laughs> no, I did not. I mean, maybe it was good for like part-time but I also, back then. But. I also feel like that wasn't your goal. We were, I mean, we were perfectly content with the little yeah. money that we did have. I don't think money was ever really your goal for an aviation. No. And also that was the first time and only time that we've been married for eight years that we had dual paychecks. Yes. <laughs> so it was very short lived. Someone decided to go back to school and become a doctor. Don't go back to school, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still remember when you got... I think, I don't know if we were together when you found out that you had gotten that first flying job, but I remember being on the phone with you in the bathroom at our um, apartment and you just being so excited to share the news. But yeah, in terms of expectations, I feel like it's similar to, if not better than what I expected. Okay. That's good. Cause I, I feel like most people are kind of caught off guard and they, they love the idea. They see the kind of what you saw with Crystal in elementary school. They see the um, airline dad that gets to travel benefits. I remember a story you told me about how her mom was preparing to fly on like a 16-hour flight and you guys set up the chairs really close to see what it would look like to sit and coach. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like if that experience, you probably thought aviation travel a lot. You don't always think about aviation. My husband's gone a lot. Yeah. And I also, I don't think when I was that young, I realized that you had travel benefits. I just always thought it was really cool that Crystal and her family were going off on these really cool trips all the time. I don't think I at the time realized that it was because of the flight perks, but I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. I feel like it would be really hard if I didn't have my own thing going on. Like if I was just at home twiddling my, like my thumbs waiting for you to get back, I think that would be a different story. What do you say to someone that doesn't have their own thing? How do you find your own thing? Like what, what did you do to, to keep yourself busy or to kind of find your hobby, your career, your interests? Like, what did you do? Oh man, I feel like that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> but I think it's something like if you already don't have your thing or maybe you're staying at home with the kids or looking for a job because you had to move for your husband's aviation job. Um, just pursuing something that will keep you occupied, whether it's work or volunteering or friends that live in the area or coming up with a hobby that you enjoy. Um, but I don't think you can just expect your husband or your significant other's time and attention to be your number one fulfill fulfillment. Yeah, definitely. What was 
was it hard when I came home? Like, uh, did I come home and like ruin your thing that you had going on? Like when I was gone for six weeks or three weeks flying aerial survey, was it tough to get like back into the groove of like having someone else there? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I feel like back in your aerial survey days, it wasn't a tough transition because I was just so excited that you were finally back home and we really never knew your schedule. It was like, it's always a surprise when you were coming back. Um, but we, I feel like we just wanted to maximize all the time we had together whenever you were home. Um, but I do remember, I think it was when you first started at your current job. Um, when you were, we knew you'd be gone for a few days at home for a few days, gone for a few days. Um, but your job before that you were, you were mostly coming back at night, like, or weird hours of the day, but usually you weren't gone for more than one or two nights at a time. Um, so this current job that you're in right now, I remember at the beginning, it was really weird when you would come back home and you would be so excited. You'd have so many things to tell me. And I'd be like, whoa, I just like need a moment of going from <laughs> complete silence and being alone in this apartment to like all of the energy and the excitement that you're bringing back. And Hi, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> like the warm vomit. And I think I was the opposite where you would come from like you were mostly alone while you were traveling and then you would come home and like want to talk and do all the fun things and you had high energy and I was the opposite because I had just expelled all of my energy at school and the hospital. Yeah, I do remember that too. <laughs> I think for me, the hardest one was my freight job just because I was tired so much. It was like literally I'd fly for or be gone for 14 hours, fly really long nights, come home, sleep for like six hours and then usually get called out to go again after my 10 hours of rest. But I feel like we can never really like do much, you know? Yeah. I feel like one lesson from like being married or being a couple during that first job when the hours were really tough for your freight flying was just like being okay that you will not, you will never be that couple that has two nine to five jobs. And I feel like I was just comparing our relationship and our timeline and the activities and the hobbies that we were involved in um, based on my friends who had more predictable jobs like teachers and um, two of my best friends are hairdressers and have their own salon. And so their hours are a little bit more predictable. And so they could lead the Bible study every week and it was no big deal. But I just remember <laughs> we were somebody at our church asked us to lead this um, marriage Bible study, which is great. And I think we would be really good at it. But because you were of your schedule, it was just a mess because I was there every week. You were there every other week, if that. And it's just like, it's not a good way to lead that type of a group. And I think you just kind of have to accept the reality of your jobs and understand that like your life might not look like your friend's life. No, and it definitely won't. And it won't even look like your other pilot's friend's lives because especially with us where you're in medical school, you're gonna be a doctor. Like it looks completely different than someone that maybe is a pilot and the sole provider and the, the wife stays at home, which has its pluses and minuses too because that goes into talking about where you might not have a thing and your identity might be like being with your husband and it might be harder when he's gone for five days, six days, three days, whatever, whoever he works for or she works for. Also to clarify, it could be a- I said she. Pilot. Okay, good. I said she. <laughs> could be a female pilot and the husband is at home. Absolutely. I want to be at home. You want to go fly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Kind yeah. of, maybe. <laughs> what was- um, how have you seen, it's kind of an interesting question I've asked you before. Have you seen me progress as a person through flying these jobs? Like I started my first job at like 25. I was young, didn't know what was going on. Have you seen 
me change at all? Has the industry hardened me and turned me into a jerk? Has it, uh, do I still have the same excitement when I go fly? Like, wh- how do, what do you see me as now? Like, what was pilot? I guess I'm kind of struggling pilot to say this question. Yeah, what is pilot Justin? How has he changed in those eight years? Um, I would say, I think one good thing about you is that you are, which I'm sure this is not true for everybody, but I think you are always equally as excited to go fly. Like you have the love and the passion for aviation um, that I think a lot of people have as well. I feel like once you're bit by the aviation bug, it's kind of hard to shake. Um, But I definitely feel like you've maintained that sense of joy and like wonder in terms of flying, regardless of which job that you've been at. Um, Whether it was like the excitement of getting your first job, not knowing like how rough it was about to get versus the current job you're at now where you love the company and it was like a dream come true for you to get a job there. Um, But I think you've maintained that throughout. I will say... I'm trying to think of if there's been any negatives. Um, I feel <laughs> I feel like <laughs> when you're really when you're really tired, and maybe things have been like a little bit unpredictable on the road. Like you were in your mind, you had these expectations that your week or your trips were going to look like this, and then last minute something got changed, and now your week was like this, and maybe you were a little bit overworked. Um, I feel like you. I'm sure everybody does, but like it's easier for you to get frustrated and get a little bit burnt out sounding when that happens. Um, And I feel like we have this conversation where I'm like, remember, you love your job. You love what you do. Life isn't perfect. And you're like, I know. I know I love my job, but this stinks. (laughs) And to clarify, this is not the current job. This was my last job flying freight because I was kind of ready to be done. I had the time uh, or I was almost close to the time. Uh, I was just ready to, to have something new and to move on with my career. And I probably didn't handle it mentally the best way, but it was the only way I knew how to cope. And I just really wanted to start flying jets and I was tired of flying single pilot IFR. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think it was bad. You were, it was like a healthy amount of frustration, but I think that we also approach work similar, but different. Like I'm a, I lean towards the workaholic side. What do I lean for? I think you have a really healthy balance. (laughs) I can work hard. I do work hard and I can also chill really hard. <laughs> no, no, no. I would, you absolutely are a hard worker. I would never say anything different. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I don't really talk too much about was not the accident or the incident because technically it was never an investigation in either one. But did you ever want me to stop flying after I had to land on the mountain on the plane? And I haven't really talked about this on the podcast. So there's not many details other than that. But like, what was. Well, I guess we can start talk about the part how I called her on a random phone number oh and she ignored me. She didn't even listen. She probably didn't even listen to the voicemail for like six days. So I was just stranded on the side of a mountain. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I remember getting back to my desk and having this missed call from like a random phone number. And I'm I'm the type of person where I will pick up the phone, even if it's a random number. Justin is the opposite where he won't pick up the number if he doesn't recognize it. So if I didn't pick it up, it's because I truly didn't have my phone on me, not because I was streaming your call. Can confirm. Um, but anyways, I remember getting back to my desk and I, I can't remember if it was a voicemail or if I just called the number back or what it was. But this man picks up the phone and he sounded super sketch and he was like- It was super sketch. Your husband's <laughs> plane went down. We picked him up. I'll hand you the phone. And I just remember him handing you the phone and being like, what and on earth is going on? Like, I need to drive and come pick you up. What do we do? What's the protocol here? Um, obviously, just 
really, really thankful that you were okay and the other pilot was okay and who cares about the plane. But yeah, I remember being relieved. And I don't know, I feel like I probably should have been more scared about you going out to fly again, but I think, and I don't think this is statistically true. It's not. You've been proven <laughs> wrong. Everyone that has any kind of I know. smarts and statistics has told her this is not how it happens I know. or works. As a woman of science, <laughs> I know that through. this is probably wrong, but I'm just going to go with it. But I think my thought process was, okay, you had this, this plane incident happen to you guys. The chances of it happening again have to be lower than for somebody that it didn't happen to. I don't know. There's got to be a way to prove that. But I think that was my mentality was that the chances were it wasn't going to happen again um, because I would just be wild for it to happen twice to the same person. So I feel like that made me feel irrationally better. Um, yeah, I've, there's never been a time where I thought I wish he wasn't a pilot. Yeah. Can you imagine? Okay, maybe I else? take it back. Maybe oh, at like really? 3 a.m. when Emmett's crying and he wants a bottle. I'm like, oh, I wish Justin it would be was nice here. if Justin was home. <laughs> while I'm getting a full night's sleep right. on the road on a hotel. Right. <laughs> You're the best. Oh, I forgot the question I was going to ask. Oh my gosh. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. Did you know that you need to update your federal and state withholdings when you upgrade, change seats, increase your income, or have a life-changing event like getting married or having a child? Having too little withheld from your paychecks could mean an unexpected tax bill or even a penalty for underpayment. On the other side, when you have too much money withheld from your paychecks, you end up giving Uncle Sam an interest-free loan and getting a tax refund. The key to paying the right amount of tax is to update your W-4 regularly. You can do this at any time during the year, but remember, adjustments made later in the year will have less impact on your taxes for that year. Not sure where to start? RAA can help. Founded by pilots for pilots and with four decades of financial planning and investment management experience, RAA is intimately familiar with unique benefits, risks, and career timelines that pilots face. Whether you're early in your career as a pilot or you spent years flying the line, RAA is here to help you navigate your financial journey from takeoff to touchdown. For more pilot-specific planning tips, download RAA's must-know financial facts for pilot's guide today at raa.com slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. With high-resolution coast-to-coast composite radar and cloud-to-cloud, cloud-to-ground lightning updated every 2.5 minutes along with always available weather products like METARs, ECHOTOPS, and storm tracks. Sirius XM lets you fly confidently knowing that your weather information is available at 500 feet or at your destination 500 miles ahead. Check out aopa.org forward slash Sirius XM to get a two-month free trial to try these products out for yourself. Now back to today's episode. We haven't gone on too many flights together. You know, thinking about that as we're talking, I think we've one, two. No, more than one. When we lived in Charlotte, we used to go a little bit. Um, but still wasn't enough. No, it wasn't enough, but I mean, it's expensive and yeah. When you're working part-time at the Apple store and you're a full-time teacher in North Carolina, which is like what the second to worst paid state in the country. Yeah, it was at the time. I think it still is. But yeah, I'm, I trust you though, as a pilot. I feel like a lot of, I've heard a lot of um, other aviation couples who say, oh, I would never fly with my significant other. And I don't know, I would trust you fully. And it's also curious because if you don't trust them to do their job or like trust them as a person, then maybe you shouldn't have married them. <laughs> maybe it's a thing where you know too much about them. Like I'm sure yeah. there's some doctors where the wife's like, I don't know if I'd ever let my kind of spacey at home husband work on that. But I feel like you can be like when you, you turn it on, you know, like you can turn yeah, on your true. job, you can turn on dad mode, you can turn on everything. 
but maybe you come home, you're just that silly, fun person that they can't imagine working. Kind of like Chris. I hope he listens to this, but it's kind of like Chris where like, I can't picture Chris in the OR. Chris is my best friend, played football at Ohio State. Well, we both watch football on the sideline at Ohio State. But it was, yeah, I can't imagine I'm working. You got to see that. So I think it's something like that. Yeah. And as somebody who has gotten to be in the OR with Chris, I can confirm <laughs> he's a great surgeon, great doctor. Um, Jerry's still out. I'll let you know. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. I would love to go flying again. It's also hard too, because I feel like we really want to buy an airplane. And then we keep hearing about all these accidents where people we know um, and love dearly have gotten injured or worse. And it's just scary because you don't like, there's just so much unknown and you don't know if it's going to happen to you or like, God forbid a loved one. I've been thinking about that a lot recently because we do want to buy an airplane. It's like on our goal, on our wish list, And it'd be great for a family to raise Emmett. I think it'd be so cool to raise Emmett around an airplane. Not, he doesn't have to fly, but just like to be around it, to touch it, to hold it, to smell it, all that kind of thing. I think it could be like our thing, our whole family thing. I just don't know if it's worth it. Like, is it worth taking that risk? Like, you, the best pilot can be put with the worst situation and can't right. get out of it. Like, exactly. sometimes it doesn't matter if you're a good pilot or a bad pilot. Like, something can happen. I know. And it's hard because you don't want to live your life completely risk-averse because I'm sure everyone's heard the statistics about it's just as dangerous to drive in a car than it's it is. more dangerous to drive in a car. Right. But you don't want to live your whole life risk-averse. But at no. the same time, you got to be careful. Oh, I feel like honestly, having a child, having a kid has made me think more about the responsibility. Like, all right, so let's say like I just go out without you guys and something happens. It's like, that was it. It's not worth it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I would ask you guys that are listening, but I know 99% of you take it to get, get an airplane. Get the plane. So, <laughs> Buy the plane. We need a better sample size or sample of audience. Yeah. But it's definitely in the plans. I don't know. I mean, with pilot's coffee, pilot the pilot, like there's so many cool things that you could do with an airplane. An airplane only makes it better. Yeah. And being on YouTube would be cool, right? Yeah. I think you would do. I think it'd be fun for you to be on YouTube. Um, The amount of times you've told me that and the amount of times I haven't done it. I know. Well, the problem too is like you'd be a perfect person for YouTube, but I'm such a private person and I don't like being filmed all the time and I don't like my personal information being out to the world so we'd have to strike a nice balance I know it'll be tough but I could film you um would you laugh the whole time like I did no I'm a professional <laughs> oh burn oh, I was gonna say something about the, oh I was gonna say if we ever did get an airplane I want it to be the plane that Mindy has oh my gosh she's I probably so tired of me talking about this love this plane <laughs> Mindy's probably like get a life guys yeah <laughs> I love that plane. I know the plane was perfect. That's the only plane that you were like, we can buy. Yeah. Cause Justin, every like couple weeks goes on this, goes through a phase where he's like, I found the perfect plane. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Let me see it. And most of the time it's an automatic no, just because of the position we're in where we're going to be moving soon for my residency. And we just had a baby and I have a lot of med school loans and it's just a lot of things in the no column, but <laughs> he brought me that plane and I was like, that looks just like Evan's plane that we flew in a couple years ago. Yeah, he we sold have to his buy plane. it. He sold his plane. He no more has it. He no longer has that airplane. I know. I'll always think of those planes. I know. Yeah. Mindy, congratulations. I will say I was talking to Nick, who was the last episode I just recorded uh, or just released. And he was like, do you really want to have a polished airplane? It's like that was a lot of work. I was watching them on their Instagram stories. That looked like way more work than I wanted to do. <laughs> Does polished mean the silver paint job yeah. that they have? So that's polished aluminum. And to keep that clean and to clean it is so tough. Really? It's like you go fly and you go polish it. Well, you already know what my dream plane is. 
What? Tell them. The Sears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So having a kid, that has changed the equation for me on Sirius as well. Not the Vision Jet. Still not a big fan. Sorry, Sirius. But I would totally buy an SR22 Turbo if we ever had the money. But the problem is it's right now when inflation is going crazy before they adjust those prices. It's already a million dollars and 25, a million, 25,000. One million, $25,000. Honestly, what's the 25,000? Why don't they just make it a solid one million? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you think you're getting a deal because it's not one one point one million. Yeah, that would be my dream plane. I just want to fly in it. You want a? They call it Volt, but you want the lime green one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with a parachute. You just love the inside. You love the way it looks. You just think it's a cool plane. Didn't even know it had a parachute. Yeah, that's like one of the big selling points. You in a sticky situation. You pull this big red lever. Parachute pops out. Problem is, there's a lot of times where you could fly yourself out of that situation and you can make it worse by pulling the parachute. Yeah. Well, good news is we don't have a million dollars, so this is not a problem for us. We don't have friends? I guess we have a couple (laughs) friends. Maybe. No, I don't know. (laughs) We have a buddy named Dan who hopefully is listening to this and he has a Sirius, so we'll just go find that. (laughs) Sounds good to me. That's funny. Um, What do most people, what would, I've always kind of thought this would be interesting because I feel like I don't really go too much off on myself. What would surprise the people that listen to the podcast about me? Like what, like a quirk about me or something that they just want to expect? I've talked about how I'm a crazy introvert before. So if you're going to say that, it's got to be something else. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're a crazy introvert because I think you can talk with the best of them. But the fact that you just, you really are a home buddy for somebody who travels for their job. Mm -hmm. Um, You really like to be at home and... Whenever I make plans for us, like with my friends from school. It's painful. I love <laughs> or just like them. anyone in general, dearly. you're like, oh, I wish it could just be us. But you, you, I feel like most of the time you end up having fun. But I, I feel like it's really hard to get the momentum going with you to get you out well, and socializing. Think about it, though. If you're gone seven days in a row and then you come home and it's like, all right, let's go. It's like, what? Yeah, I totally go, get go it. Go where to the, go to sleep. <laughs> it checks out. I feel like maybe this is another tip um, that's worked for us is that, and whether it's because of you being an introvert and me being more extroverted or just like the fact that you're a pilot and when you're home, you want to be home. But something in the past couple of years that we've been doing is that if you want to tap out, like I, you have that no questions asked. And I feel like that was hard at the beginning because I would drag you to all these things and you would just seem miserable. And then I would be frustrated because we would be out at a party and you would look like I was miserable. You literally looked like a three-year-old sulking in the corner because you wanted to go home. Look, I can sulk with the best of them. If I get in my mind that I don't want to do something or be there, then it's like, it's over. It's like, over. Just, so I feel like can't. that's been really healthy for us is for, like, if you feel like you are going to be the three-year-old sulking in the corner all night, I'd rather you just stay home. And so we have come to terms with the fact that if it's something that I have to go to and I can't get out of that, you, it's okay if you stay home. Those are still rare though. I haven't pulled that car too much. Well, it's because of the pandemic and we've been home. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I forgot about that. <laughs> so it hasn't really been an issue the past couple of years. That is very true. What? All right. We can, I know we've been going for like 30 minutes and you got to go soon. And Emmett's about to wake up from his nap. So if you start hearing a crying baby, it is the monitor and we'll have to go get him. But why did you think I should start a podcast? What, like, I mean, you tell me over and over again, you think I'd be good at it, but I haven't. There was no signs. All I did was play video games. No, I think, um, I mean, lots of reasons. I remember, so we finished college and then we were living down in North Carolina 
I was teaching, but I was thinking about making the switch to medicine. Um, and I've been listening to this podcast about like medical school admissions and people's journeys to go into medicine and become physicians. And I loved that podcast. And I was like, this would be a really, really good concept for an aviation podcast because I remember, do you remember being in college? And I'd be like, Justin, what is your plan? How are you going to get the job you want? What do you want your future to look like? And you're like, I don't know. And I was like, buddy. In college, this was after. Like, this is, <laughs> I remember you making like spreadsheets on regional airlines that I can go to and like looking up, but I didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think for me, the hard part was in teaching and then later in medicine, it's like there's very specific pathways to get to where, like to whatever your end goal is. And I think as somebody coming into the aviation world and like we were dating and then engaged and then married, trying to figure out like what your process was like was confusing because there were so many different options. You could become a flight instructor or you could fly freight or do all these things to build your time. Um, so I feel like it was hard for me to mentally grasp like everything we needed to do to get you where you wanted to be. Um, and so I think I had to do a lot of research on my own just so that I could like best support you and help you figure out like what you wanted to do. Which was more research than I did on my own. Which was probably more research <laughs> than you did on your own. But so I think because I knew how confusing the aviation process was and how confusing um, all of your options were. And it was really tough to figure out like what options made the most sense financially and time-wise and efficiency-wise. Um I knew that there like had to be a space for aspiring pilots or current pilots who wanted to transition to a different type of flying. Um, and I think it's also, it's just, it's so cool to hear people's stories um, regardless of what field they're in. And I think a lot of pilots, like I said, we talked about the aviation bug before. It seems like a lot of people get there from different pathways and just as like human beings, we love hearing other humans stories and, even if you're not in aviation, it's always really inspiring to hear how somebody eventually reached their goals. Um, and it can provide a lot of hope. But all that being said, there was an, <laughs> there was a great market for that type of podcast. And we looked it up and there was nothing like it out there. Um, and then you're, I just feel like you are, even as an introvert, you're a person that people love to get to know. Um, and I feel like everybody who knows you loves you just because- I tricked them all. I think everybody who gets to know you really likes you and you're such a good person and you really care about other people. Um, and even though I'm sure you'd rather be at home just hanging out with the family, when you do go out, you do a really good job of like getting to know people and you're really a genuine person. And I think that's the perfect person to be an interviewer for a podcast. Um, and I think too, like you have always had like a, a persona that people admire. And I feel like that may also makes a great podcast host as well. Um, and last but not least, I feel like you're not in it to like talk about yourself or to promote yourself. You just really want to get to know other people and get to know their stories and use your platform to share um, something that might help somebody else. So I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, I do. I do not like talking about myself. It is <laughs> not the most fun thing in the world for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never in my wildest dreams imagined it would get to where it is today. I thought that I'd do it for like three months. No one would listen. I'd stop. Did you think the same thing? No, I didn't. I thought that like it was going to take a long time for you to build up the audience. Um, and that as long as you were posting consistently that it was going to work out. 
When did you, th- when did you like in your mind realize that it was like starting to get traction? Cause I wonder if it's the same moment I did. Mm, that's a good question. I don't know about starting to get traction, but I feel like from day one, I knew that you were going to be successful with it. Um, I'm trying to remember, wait, what's coming to your mind? What do you think? When we're in China, when Pilot Maria was reposting everything and we had no Wi-Fi or cellular service to like take advantage of it. But she, do you remember that? We were sitting in my yeah. sister's apartment in right. Shanghai and I get notifications like a hundred, like thousand people followed you. And I was like, what is going on? Right. And Pilot Maria was posting me on all my all my stuff, but we couldn't, we literally, that was all the Wi-Fi. All the notifications I got took away our Wi-Fi right. for the day. It was like the max Wi-Fi yeah. usage for the day. I remember that. Um, this wasn't, this doesn't answer your question, but I do remember meeting up with Maria in London. London. And that was the coolest thing ever because I thought she was so cool and I'm not in aviation. And she took the time to like come meet us at a bar and then go get dinner. I think we went and got dinner, um, but she met us at a bar and then walked with us to go get dinner and- She's just so genuine and awesome yeah. and everything I would hope a female pilot would be. Right. She's a good person to look up to. Yeah. Great, great role model. Yeah. And she has a kid, Alice. Maybe Alice and Emma can be friends one day. Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> I also remember you really pushing the fact that I need to do weekly and it was hard enough for me to start a podcast and I was like, look, babe, I'm doing it. All right. Like <laughs> there's no way I can do weekly. I know. But strategy wise, you got to do it every week. And it didn't take off until, pun intended, until I went weekly. Correct. And I haven't missed a week in like three years. It's awesome. It's crazy. We need a break. This is it. This last episode ever. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, I will be taking over. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, after this episode, they're probably like, we like Christina more anyways. That's usually yeah. how it goes. I'd be like, is, do you fly a big plane, a small plane? <laughs> okay. Thanks. Do you like big plane? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I had somewhere else I wanted to go with this. Um, oh, I feel like I've said this a couple of times. Um, how many times have I tried to quit the episode? How many times have I tried to quit the podcast? Cause I've been frustrated with not maybe getting the, I don't want to say notoriety is right now. That's not the right word. Like I put too much value in sponsors for like a year or two when yeah. I wasn't ready to get the sponsors yet. Right. I feel like for the first couple of years of you posting for the podcast, um, I just remember listening to like Gary Vee and Lauren Bostick and her husband over at the Skinny Confidential. And they would always talk about how for content creation, like the most important thing that you can do is provide your audience with free resources, whether it's resources on how to get to where you want to be or it's entertainment or advice. Um, And you just have to keep doing that time and time again without expecting anything in return. Um, So I just feel like that was key for you and the podcast was just knowing like you're not in this for the money. And even though you're not in it for the money at the end of the day, it is a large chunk of your time and your mental um, energy and your mental space. So at some point it would be nice to be compensated for it. And I think I can't even remember when you first got your, your very first sponsor or what it was for. It was AOPA. AOPA. Back by the way, if you're Emmett, he's right near the microphone. (laughs) Um, but I just feel like you are so grateful for every sponsor that you do have now. And I'm sure you would have been that way, whether you had had sponsors right out the gate, but because it took so long for people to understand like the value of your podcast, um, I think it's made you much more appreciative of the sponsors that you do have. And you're so picky with who you work with and you only promote the brands and the people and the organizations that you really are passionate about and that you use personally. Um, so I feel like, 
Yeah. I feel like you wanted to throw in the towel a bunch of times and we were just like, no, you got to keep going. It's worth it. Even if you weren't getting paid, it's worth it. Because it, it took forever to get podcast sponsors. Like a very long time. It was one of the reasons in my mind that I and we wanted to start Pilot's Coffee was because I was so tired of like not having any money from spending so much time on this. I know. And you, you've said that before and I don't remember feeling that way. Or maybe you felt that way and I just didn't understand like the gravity of how you yeah. felt. <laughs> That's all. I was so frustrated one day and I was like, all right, if no one is going to want to support or not support, sponsor the podcast, then I have to figure out a way to monetize it ourselves. And that's what I came up with. What we came up with. I think that's part of it. I think the other part was I've always wanted to be involved in the coffee world. For sure. And I'm super picky about coffee and so are you. We love coffee, obviously. Don't ruin this. I have to run. I have to go to the hospital really quick for a few hours, but I'll be back and we can pick up about and talk about the coffee a little bit, maybe. We can do another episode. It's better than thirty-five minutes. Okay, that sounds good. This can be part one of a few episodes. There was a couple other questions we could ask, but if you like this kind of stuff, let us know. We can do more. Maybe it can be. Uh, we'll start our own podcast. Justin Christina, Doctor Pilot. Ba-da-da. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was a lot of fun. We've been talking about doing this forever. And I think you're supposed to interview me at some point for the last like three years. So we'll have to do that. But if you do like this, let us know. Buy Pilot's Coffee. It's the best p- coffee in the world. It just is. Can confirm. Can confirm. And she is very picky about her coffee. And she loves Machine Gun Kelly. And we went to her coffee store for, for we went to his coffee store. So if our coffee's still better, then that means a lot. Yeah, I do love Machine Gun Kelly and we went to his coffee shop in Cleveland a couple weeks ago when we were home. And I hate to say it, but our coffee's better. He had a good drink though. The pink drink was cool. Yeah, it was good. a good vibe. One day. But either way, Christina, thank you so much. I love you. You're the best. Thanks for being my motivator and pushing me to be the best person I can be. Absolutely. Love you, babe. We'll do this again. Go be a doctor. That is a wrap of episode 213 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, Make sure you leave a review. Check out Pilot's Coffee. Follow us on Pilot to Pilot. And that's about it. It's been a crazy week of flying. Uh, I'm exhausted. One more day. They just switched our body clock, so we're flying all night. Ending in Vegas and going home to finally see my buddy Emmett. So I can't wait to get home and hang out with my son. I hope you guys are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.